I work at salesforce.com. I lead our leader development and our sales rep development. So really teaching sales reps how to sell and leaders how to lead. Love it. And in my spare time, uh, I'm an adventure racer. I've done eight ultra marathons all over the world, really focus on high performance. And what I learn in those adventures, I bring back uh, into the corporate world. Good morning, everybody. Colin Morgan here, and we are back with another episode of The Daily Grind, where I speak to amazing people, dive into how they got to where they are, share with you the obstacles that they had to overcome to hopefully get you up off your ass and start living the life you've always wanted to live. This show is for grinders, people who are motivated to change, dedicated to taking action, and driven to being great. Today's episode is brought to you by Bulletproof Coffee. Just like the food you put into your body, the quality of your coffee matters. Bulletproof Coffee gives you the mental edge and energy you need to thrive. Crappy coffee can sap your energy, hurt your performance, and give you that gut rot. This is not what Bulletproof Coffee does. So get started with it today. Go to dailygrindpodcast.com. On the right-hand column, you're going to click the link for Bulletproof Coffee, and you're going to see what all of that hype, talk, and excitement is all about. Again, dailygrindpodcast.com. On the right-hand column, click the link for Bulletproof Coffee and get it started today. With us to share his story in the daily grind today is Colin Nanka. Colin is the Senior Director for Enablement for North American Sales and Leadership Development at the world's leading customer relationship management company, Salesforce.com. He is a proven sales leader with over 20 years of sales experience, including time at Salesforce and Xerox Corporation. Colin completed his business degree in Canada at the University of Alberta. In his spare time, he competes in multi-day, self-sustained adventure races in the world's most treacherous terrains, including the Sahara Desert, Gobi Desert, Iceland, Grand Canyon, Atacama Desert, and most recently in Antarctica. He has a passion for writing, collaborating, learning, and empowering his community to go further. Today, Colin shares his amazing journey, experience, and shares some amazing insight along the way. So be sure to grab a pen, grab a piece of paper, and enjoy today's episode. Colin Nanka, welcome to The Daily Grind. How are you doing this morning? I'm awesome, Colin. Thanks for having me. I am super excited that you're here. And if you wouldn't mind, Colin, say for those people who are being first introduced to you today, if you could kind of just expand on your intro a bit and share a bit more about who you are and say what you do. Yeah, great. So two things really I focus on. Uh, I work at salesforce.com. I lead our leader development and our sales rep development. So really teaching sales reps how to sell and leaders how to lead. Love it. And in my spare time, uh, I'm an adventure racer. I've done eight ultra marathons all over the world, really focus on high performance. And what I learn in those adventures, I bring back uh, into the corporate world. That's really interesting. Um, I didn't really know that. It, it, like, if you wouldn't mind expanding on that, like, how did you get into doing this, and and what are some of the things that you learned from doing that that you're able to take into the the corporate and sales world? Yeah, I think similar to a lot of people out there, you have a 
a time in your career where maybe things aren't going as planned. Mm -hmm. And I had that uh, time in 2008. I just come off one of a record selling year for me. And then the following year, I just lost my way a little bit. And I needed to get away from the office to, you know, where some people may say, find yourself. Uh, I went on a trip to Africa and I climbed Mount Kilimanjaro. I also raised money for a local school there and just had this, you know, amazing journey. And what I found over there was kind of a secret sauce for me in terms of what I could bring back into my job of really being fulfilled and passionate. And I thought, wow, you know, I need to do something like this at least every couple of years, yeah. you know, maybe every year if I could. And that started me on a journey to taking on my first ultra marathon in 2011 in the Sahara Desert, six days, 160 miles, 250 kilometers, um, far stretching beyond my capabilities. And it was actually a giant failure. Uh, we can talk about that more, but that was the turning point in my adventure racing and my career, what I learned about that and what I was able to figure out when I did complete my next race into taking me where I am today. So if you want to go more into that, we can, uh, we can chat about it, but there's definitely a lot of, I've had a lot of life lessons through failure. Yeah. I mean, let's talk about that. Cause I think it's, I think it's a really important topic to talk about because people are afraid to fail. A lot of times they're afraid to take that leap and, and, you know, fail and learn from it. So kind of talk about, you know, the lessons that you learned from, from all of this. Yeah. So I took on this race cause, uh, a good friend and a mentor of mine had done a couple of these races before, and he's a pretty high performing athlete. And he took a group of 10 of us out there to take on this race. And, and just for me, I wasn't prepared mentally for how tough it was going to be physically. I had done all the training required, but what I learned quickly where I thought it was, you know, 50% mental, 50% physical, it was 95% mental, yeah. you know, 5% physical, you know, table, <laughs> table stakes, just showing up, you know, being physically prepared. But I had a key turning point uh, in that race when I pulled out halfway through and I had the opportunity either to stay on course and volunteer and help everyone else out or I could go back to the hotel and put my feet up and for me one of my strengths is that I'm a learner a yep. lifelong learner and instantly you know it took me 30 seconds to make that that choice that I knew I could watch people and see how they completed this race kind of really pick that apart break it down and at least give myself the opportunity to say I could figure out how to do this so I could give myself the chance to come back in the future uh, instead of not at all. And that was a big turning point for me because I, I did, to some degree, figure it out, at least what I knew I would need to retrain on when I came back to try it again. And I did try it again in 2012 in China, uh, in Mongolia, and I finished the race just by the skin of my teeth. But a finish is a finish, and that set me on the path to finishing the next seven races. Wow, that, that's amazing. I love what you had said there about, you know, 95% is mental, because I think it's with anything, that's the case. I think the 5% is kind of building the foundation and having the skills and the tools to do it. And then a lot of times, it's all mental. I mean, me being a, a golfer, that's what it was in golf. And that's what it is in a lot of sports. And I always say like athletes and, and people who are seeking adventure and are doing other things outside of work, um, to be great, I think it it directly correlates into business, life, sales, and everything, wouldn't you say? Yeah, 100%. What I learned out there is that you need to be able to find new gears when you're 
absolutely you know at your bottom and you don't think you have anything else left in the tank yeah. how do you find that next gear um, you know navy seals often say or when you read about them they say that you've got 40 percent more left in the tank than you think you have when you're at absolute empty and i felt that out there when i felt like i was at absolute uh empty but i find it's by asking yourself good questions mm. and you know, being able to flip that paradigm I remember a specific moment in one race where I was just in agony and very frustrated and I realized, you know, there was a learning opportunity and, and I asked myself, what is the learning opportunity here? I flipped the, a negative into a positive and the learning opportunity that it was, I didn't necessarily have the capability to, to run this race smoothly. I had to dig down really deep and really chunk it out and just have the mindset of, you know, focusing on minute by minute and just focusing through deep breaths. And when I when I switch that mindset and realize, okay, this is tougher than you've ever done, but what you're gonna come out of this on the other side through this anxiety is a huge amount of growth, uh, that, that put me in a more positive mindset and I was able to finish out the end of that day. Yeah, and it makes so much sense because whether you're running a race or whether you're trying to start a business or, or you know, um, get up in the current position that you're in, in the job, like that's more what you have to focus on is just those little small incremental steps. Cause when you look at the big picture, sometimes it's, it's overwhelming and we never think we can get there. But if you just take one step at a time day by day or minute by minute, like you're going to, you're going to look back and be like, wow, I actually accomplished what I wanted to accomplish just by a, a mindset shift. For sure. I was just, I was just doing a long run yesterday. I'm running a 50 kilometer run in outside Vancouver, BC in two weeks. And I stretched this, this run longer, you know, probably did a little bit more than, you know, I should have from, you know, from one week to the next. And I kind of knew that, but I decided, you know, this was going to be my long run and prep for that race. And in the last hour I was gassed. And so yeah. I went back to my training and what I had learned. So, uh, I ran, you know, for a song and then I stopped and walked and took 20 deep breaths to reset myself. And then I put on the next song and I rinsed and repeat, rinsed and repeat for the last hour. You know, when you focus just on one song at a time or breaking down into smaller chunks, it allows it uh, to come a little bit easier. Yeah, absolutely. And kind of, if you don't mind, like taking us through your your journey, so to speak, of what led you to doing what you're doing now. Like in 2008, were you working for Salesforce or, or where I was. were you? You were, okay. Yeah, I, yeah, I, was, uh, I was an individual contributor, a sales rep for... Toronto back then I moved to New York in 2013 mm -hmm. I'd been a manager in the company uh, I've been a manager for a few years in the last few years I've led our enablement practice which is really just new terminology for sales training for sales reps and for account executives but I've been leading teams for seven to eight years but I started my career with Salesforce in Toronto in the technology landscape Really? Okay. So, and then obviously being in sales and sales leadership and enablement, um, you probably see, you know, a day, day by day, a lot of people who are doing things right, who are doing things wrong, say for people who are in sales outside of Salesforce, like what do you see on a day by day basis of people, what they're doing right in sales, what they're doing wrong in sales? I think when, what people do right in sales is play the long game. Yeah. And by that, I mean, they know that there's a certain uh, set of skills that they need to take on over time, but they don't try and do everything at once. It's similar to the way, the way that we train. Training is a process. It's not a one-time event. You know, We focus on retention. Our sales reps need to focus on 
how they retain knowledge. Uh, but the second thing is uh, that I see is winning as a team. And that can be in the shape of working closely with your manager, working closely with your peers, getting mentors. That's been the, the biggest area of success for me is seeing people in around you know the aisles, inside and outside of Salesforce, uh, people that I admire, people that work incredibly hard and have great skills, and just going and asking them to sit down for a coffee and share some wisdom with me and try and take on some of the success they have. Yeah. At the same time, you know, people always ask me, well, how do you find mentors? Mm -hmm. And it's taken me a while to, you know, figure this out more. I think I got approached when I was a mentee because I worked extremely hard. I wasn't always the smartest sales rep, but I was one of the hardest working. And people naturally gravitated over to say, "Wow, you're working extremely hard. You know, do you want to do you want to grab a coffee?" Or they were more open to that conversation because I was working extremely hard. So I do feel that mentors tend to find mentees yeah. based on people they see similar to them or putting a significant amount of effort in, and it's worth their time to sit down with them. And that, that's been similar in conversations that I've had with other colleagues who mentor a lot of people. Yeah, it's letting your actions kind of speak for themselves and showing people that you are going to be able to put in the time and you're going to commit to this. Mm -hmm. And by doing that, mentors kind of naturally come to you. Agreed. Yes. Yeah. So so when you're and, you know, my father, you know, going back, my father always said, if you're going to be doesn't matter what you're doing in your job or in your career, if you're going to be a ditch digger, just be the best damn ditch digger, because it's essentially it's what's going to happen is what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, I started my career before Salesforce. I worked for Xerox Corporation in okay. Canada for nine years, and I sold copiers door to door uh, in an industrial area. You know, for a good year and a half, that was my that was my entry into sales, actually. And I got rejected so many times, but I really stuck with it. And one of my managers at the time was said, you know, it's going to take you 19 no's until you get to a yes. So just be thankful that that person said no and you can tick that off and you're one closer to getting to a yes. So again, that mindset, you know, early on, you really had to focus on it. Uh, and I had to, you know, really harden up the shell to handle rejection, knowing that I was going to get some engagement with customers. They were going to be interested uh, and they were going to buy. And I was successful. And that was really the, the start to my to my sales career. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure there are, you know, so many lessons learned for you along the way, like doing this for the amount of years you've, you've been doing it. What's say like your, your biggest lesson learned or the biggest obstacle that, that you had to, to overcome to be where you are right now? So two things, I think the first one, something I, I referenced before is you got to win as a team. Uh, when I was, whether it was at Xerox or Salesforce, the camaraderie of working with like-minded people uh, on a shared vision mm -hmm. and a shared goal and holding each other accountable to doing the work that needed to be done. And so whether it was, you know, making calls at, you know, 7, 7.30 in the morning or doing calls, live calls right till 5, 5.30, 6, 6.30, at the end of the day, just making those five extra calls that you knew that was going to take you to success and just having the gumption to do those. It's really helpful to have a group of people when you're doing those things together and you share that, that common, uh, that common goal together. 
you know, similar to uh, get my myself getting my workouts in in my runs in the morning. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've been doing this for years. I've got a, a text message group with three people, and as soon as that workouts done in the morning, we text each other and say, you know, 6.30 a.m., done workout, 7 a.m., done workout, here's what I did. And for those who hadn't started their workout yet or maybe were thinking about skipping the one the next day, it's that it's that camaraderie and that shared set of sense of accountability. And so that happens in both sport and in the, in the work life. And the second thing I would say is, and I didn't learn this till later when I was at Salesforce and yeah. I learned it through my adventure races, it was uh, acceptance accepting the obstacles that were in front of you and embracing them and realizing that those were a path to achieving your objective. I've been reading a lot of great books in the last few years, uh, you know, with sports psychologists who really focused on, you know, visualizing your way through over the objective. So by the time you actually get to that objective or that sorry that obstacle it's the second or third or fourth or fifth time that you've been there and so i would say for sales reps as well is if you can visualize your way through success in the, the you know first day of the week or you know every day of the week you're going to have a successful career yeah and it's it's that preparation and it's it's doing the proper preparation because i think people prepare whether it be in sport or in business and obviously you being a high performing in in business and and in sport you see it, right? And um, through the first run that you went through, that first adventure of you sort of failing after halfway through and quitting, but you kind of stuck with it. You probably went back, reevaluated, and then prepared differently for that second, you know, run and adventure. Yeah, I absolutely did. I was I was thinking about that as I as I write my blogs. I read I read a daily blog, and mm-hmm. I was reflecting on that. Uh, last week. And what I did was really picking apart where I wasn't mentally prepared or even physically prepared. And I actually took on a bunch of different practitioners. One was a trainer that I saw three times a week. I was up early every morning. Uh, One was a nutritionist because I needed to lose some pounds. So you don't want to carry an extra five, 10 pounds out in the desert. Uh, One was an athletic therapist to be proactive on recovery. And one was a yoga instructor. I started going to yoga more often when I was preparing for that second race. And it was actually the yoga instructor, a good friend of mine, Nikki, okay. who helped me uh, understand the proper way to breathe. She was laughing at me as I was doing these star poses. <laughs> and she said, you, you realize you're not breathing as you do the pose. And I was like, what? And so she showed me and we worked on breath exercises for about a month. And that was the actual single reason why I finished that second mm. race in China, which was my first finish. Because when you're out there and your stomach's upset and you feel like you can barely take in any water, you need to be able to breathe through that discomfort, through that anxiety, and reset yourself you know, every minute uh, at a time. And I found myself resetting myself every one to two minutes of like, okay, I feel good, let's go wow, I don't feel great. Let's breathe through this and keep going. And so mentally, it's really, really tough on you. But if you chunk it down to those one, two minutes at a time and to the breath, uh, it makes it a lot more attainable to get through. You know what? I love that because when I was young, my parents put me into yoga and that's when I was first introduced to breathing and breathing the proper way. And it's amazing how you know any type of stress, anxiety, excitement, can kind of cloud your judgment and simply by through through breathing and even if you're running and you're and you're feeling tired through breathing you can get through those things and you can start thinking more clearly 
100%. I took on meditation in the last couple years. I'd been to a couple, you know, meditation retreats and, you know, sitting there for a few hours and it didn't really take until I start to gamify it and use a couple apps and slowly I started 5 minutes, you know, every second day and, you know, working up through their different levels which I love. And last year I got myself up to 20 minutes uh, every morning, every day. And it's something I look forward to. I actually go to yeah. bed earlier so that I can get up and do my meditation in the morning. But I find just leading your uh, morning, leading your intention, you know, through breath gets you in the right frame of mind. And I learned that through a number of the races. But even then, it still didn't really take for me until many years after. And for me, it's the the best thing that I start with um, at the first first thing I do every morning, and it's made a considerable impact on how I run my life. I love that. If you wouldn't mind, like quickly walking through like the proper way to breathe. Yeah, there. So you get guided meditations through these different meditation apps, okay. and there's a few out there. There's Calm, there's Muse, there's Headspace. I actually use two of them. Muse, uh, that's the one, the one I use in the morning, and yep. I use Calm at the end of the day because they have these great sleep stories. It's like taking you back to when you're, you know, seven years yeah. old, and they they start slowing down and slowly put you to sleep. So it helps me <laughs> helps me wind down. But uh, in meditation, it's really you can do it a few different ways. But the way that I follow, which I first got taught, was just uh, breathing and counting to ten. So you take a, uh, you know, a breath in, take a breath out. And that's one breath in breath out. That's two. And once you get to 10, you restart and go back to one. And the reason that you do that is because if you don't remind yourself to restart, you'll just kind of trail off. And when I first yeah. started, I ended up falling asleep. So <laughs> just using the, the breath count to 10, it's just very simple. And it's something I used that I referenced before in my run, my long run on the weekend. You know, I ran for that song, which was four minutes. And then I reset and I came up with the idea because of meditation uh, and I used 20 breaths in that case. And then I was like, okay, I'm ready to, you know, go run for the next four minutes when it was really tough at the end of that run. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Now, uh, one quick question before we go to a short break here, Colin, is I'm wondering for you, you know, the experiences that you've had, the failures you've had and how you've been able to overcome and learn from those like say you were able to go back in time and offer a younger Colin one piece of advice or one piece of guidance, what that would be for you? Yeah, that made me smile as you, uh, <laughs> as you, as, as you shared that question, which I'm sure it does with a lot of people. Yeah. I think patience, mm -hmm. uh, you're, you're really pushing. I found I was really pushing a lot to want to be successful and climb up the, you know, the proverbial mountain. I've talked about a lot about this with people lately. And I think it's good to push, you know, you want to be competitive, you want to be successful. But often we find we climb and we climb and you get to a point when you get to the top. And, you know, maybe you're disappointed, or maybe you haven't enjoyed the journey along the way. And so for me, I think I would have uh, put not less pressure to succeed, but maybe time to slow down with a little bit more gratitude and really appreciate what you accomplish on a on a day or a week and I do that for myself it's something I learned from my business coach you know at the end of every day I write down and think about one thing that I'm grateful for and Love then it. I think about one thing that you know could have gone better so it gives me that little bit of that better better never best uh, approach and so I think if I could have brought that earlier on or someone would have shared that with me earlier on in my career yeah I would have been more patient and enjoy the journey along the way a little bit more 
You know, I love that because, you know, especially in the time and the society that we live in now, everyone wants to get there quickly. And I'm sure you see it, right? Like everyone wants to be successful. They want to get there fast. And, and by doing that, you often look for shortcuts. And if you can just be patient and, and be grateful for what you have and not look at what other people have and, and wish you had more, or wish you had more time or wish you had something like a nicer car or things like that, just being grateful and then slowly being patient for what's to come. I think it's really important. I really love what you said there. I, I find I talk to a lot of people inside and outside our company who work extremely hard, very driven, very high performers. Mm-hmm. And what happens often is you lose sight of the work-life balance and the mindfulness. And I felt fortunate that I found it earlier. And it was because of the failure that I had and needing to look outside the company and then finding mentors outside the company that were able to share that, uh, share that idea with me. But people will work so hard and, you know, they've kind of, they're always climbing the mountain and they lose sight of the fact that, wow, it would have been great five or 10 years ago if I would have put more focus on, you know, the health, the yeah. nutrition, focusing on the energy instead of now, you know, not when it's too late, but just when it's got a uh, not as big of an impact. And so that's something I stand for and I share with people often is really enjoy the journey along the way and, you know, take care of the health while you can. Love it. Love it. Now, everyone, we're just going to take a lightning quick break. We're going to be hearing from our sponsors and we'll be back with the overtime round. Today's short break is sponsored by Plan to Profit. Whether you have an idea and you're looking to take that idea and see if it makes sense or even how to start with that idea, or maybe you're in business and are looking to grow and scale your company to the next level, or maybe you're someone that's just unhappy in your current situation and you're looking to transition out and you need help, contact us at Plan to Profit. Visit plan2profit.ca. Go to the contact page where you'll have a chance to book a free 15-minute consultation with us. Again, that is plan2profit.ca. Colin, we are back. All set for overtime? You bet. Let's do it. Colin, what motivates you to keep grinding? Like, What gets you out of bed every day and just fires you up to do what you do? You know, I'm a lifelong learner. Uh, mm-hmm. I took I took a strengths test through the Gallup organization probably 15 years ago, and it was through the coach that I've worked with for over 10 years, and then identified some of my natural talents and strengths that I had. And my top strength is that I'm a learner, so I love learning new things every day. So when I flip the day to the next day, and I go to bed and I get up in the morning. I'm excited about what I'm going to learn today. And that's probably part of the reason that I've took on these adventure races. You learn so much yeah. in the training and the journey that uh, that just gets me stoked to get up every morning. Love it. Now, being a lifelong learner and, and your love for learning, I'm sure reading is a part of that. So if you wouldn't mind kind of sharing one of your favorite books or a book you're reading now that you can share with our audience. Yeah, you bet. So a couple books that I absolutely love that are focused on mindset. And the one I'm reading right now is The Way of the Champion by Jerry Lynch. He's focused on supporting some of the best uh, NCAA uh, NCAA teams out there. And uh, some of the best NBA teams out there uh, get to the championship level. Um, Shoe Dog by Phil Knight. Love that. Yeah, uh, such an amazing book. The story of Nike. How many times he failed and came back is absolutely incredible. Yeah, and then how champions think by Bob Rotella. 
again, uh, a real focus on mindset. Great sports stories in there. He supports some of the best uh, athletes in the world. Those are some that I absolutely love. Love it. I will share all of those links in the bottom of the comics here of this podcast. Now, for you, I think that you know one thing obviously that you do very well is you know time management and prioritizing things in order to be able to do all the things that you do. Like, what is say a daily routine or ritual or habit that you do every single day that you would say attributes to your success and and or getting things done? Yeah, something I've been doing more in the last month, and and I've always focused on prioritization, but I'm spending a lot more time before I jump into actually doing things, really thinking about what's important Mm -hmm. and then prioritizing. And I've gone uh, even to the length of, I've got this little whiteboard that, you know, lives in my house, I put on the wall or nearby, and I write at the top every day or for the next day, what does success look like on Monday? And I find that's really centering me on focusing on my highest priority things to do. And I also write things that I'm not committed to. It's, it was a big learning for me to really understand the things I need to get done, but also the things I'm absolutely not committed to doing, or maybe as more of an aspirational list and actually putting those things down just to get them out of my head to say, I do want to do these at some point, maybe. Um, and so I'll put them to the side and I can review that over time. But this whiteboard that I've used as of late, I'm a very visual person and it's even been better than having it in my calendar. Yeah, I love that. And then you'd said, you know, what does success look like for you on Monday? So for you, what is your definition of success? Like when when you think of success, what are some things that come to mind? So the first things that I focus on every morning are for me. So I get up every morning, I do 20 to 30 minutes of of meditation. Mm -hmm. When you get something done right first thing in the morning, it sets the day off in such a better, in such a better direction. After that, I'm either in the gym or I'm going for a run. And then I usually write a blog. So I write a daily blog and I try and get it done first thing in the morning. I find less pressure when I get it done for the next day uh, in the morning of, of or maybe a personal project. And so I will do two or three things for myself very early in the morning before I actually start on my work at Salesforce. And that gets me really fired up and actually gives me better performance uh, for Salesforce. And so that's a success formula that works for me. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, I had Seth Godin recently on the show, and he said the same thing. He's like, I asked, like, what's a piece of advice you could give someone? He's like, write a daily blog, and you're doing it. So it's obviously working. (laughs) Uh, I'm I'm a big fan of Seth. I've been reading him for years. And I loved what he said on your podcast about, you know, you're, you're kind of just placing that forward intention for the following day based on what you're writing. So that really hit home with me. I love it. Now, Colin, we've heard a lot from you today. You've shared a ton of great content. We did cover a lot of topics. I always say, I say my audience listens back. They remember nothing or very little, but they can go home with one thing or one thought. What do you want that one thing or one thought to be? So, uh, I talked about mentorship a couple times today and, uh, I have an analogy that you know, came to me a number of years ago, and it was through playing squash. I had a friend of mine who's a very good squash player, you know, very similar to racquetball. Mm-hmm. And he said, if you're going to get better at squash, play with someone that is better than you because they will stretch your capabilities. Yeah. Play with someone who's equal to you because they'll drive that competitiveness. You'll be more equal. And then play with someone who's not as good as you. Pay it forward. Give back. In that way, you'll be able to master your craft. And so that's the way I think about mentorship. I try and have those three buckets 
full at all time. And that I found has really allowed me to grow the most. I love it. Now, Colin, what's the best way that our audience can connect with you and just learn more about you and what you have going on? For sure. So colinanka.com, that's where all my blogs go up awesome. on a daily basis. If people want to subscribe, they can subscribe there to get a little daily jolt uh, in their inbox. And then on the social channels, same thing, Colinanka, Twitter, Instagram, etc. That's where people can find me. Fantastic. That is colinanka.com. I will share all the links, best ways to connect with Colin on social media. And as you can see from this interview, everyone, again, success is driven by passion, hunger, and today, patience and mentorship. Everyone has to overcome obstacles. Everyone has a story. Start building yours today. Today, we had the chance to speak with the awesome Colin Nanka. Colin, thanks so much for taking time out of your schedule and coming on the show with us today. Colin, thanks for having me. It was a real pleasure. It was a blast. And everyone, if you liked today's episode, just be sure to hit that subscribe button, leave us a comment, share it with your friends. Until next time, Colin Morgan signing off. And always remember to keep on grinding.